0: Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Wrapping up the week already. Yes. Yeah. So here we go. Search for Spock. Minute three starts with a photon torpedo disappearing around the Genesis planet. And ends a minute later with a photon torpedo sitting on the ground of the Genesis planet. Presumably the same one. So I was, you know, I've
1: been thinking about, you know, we were talking about last minute specifically, you know, the, you know, you were just talking about how the minute ends with, uh, we're looking at the torpedo and I've been thinking about, uh, you know, Savick and her motivations and how she landed the the pod, you know, the, 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 um, the photon torpedo. And I just find that, and, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out here, not just to you, but to the, you know, the listeners as well. How is that? How, does, how do you do that? How do you land a, you know, a, a photon torpedo? Like, is that even possible? Or is she just, you know, one in a million shot?
0: I would get, yeah, I, I agree. There's so many. If you could start giving you the physics of it, right? You know, how come it looks pristine? How come it doesn't look scorched? How come it's landed right side up? <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. Right, yeah. Um. um I I I mean I think we have to go to uh, a one in a million shot, where you could say you know div- divine intervention. Although you know that's not really explored that much. Yeah. Uh, in this film, although there's you know there's there is religious topics covered in other films. Um, so I'm going to go with the one in a million. Okay. Um, sorry, I don't have a the, the I, I have to suspend my disbelief here because you know it's you very quickly go to all the place I just went with physics and stuff like there's no way right yeah it never, it never would have worked. Um, but the Genesis planet was still forming presumably right even though it was you know, it wasn't all you know it looked looked like it was done but yeah there's probably a lot of variation going on in the atmosphere and whatnot so maybe it was easy for it to just kind of slide in there before the atmosphere completely formed how's that i'll buy it <laughs> okay maybe i'm i'm really I, I i i cannot i cannot give you a complete solid theory so you did mention Savick's motivations yeah. um and I, I i we talked about it in the last episode and i did i did do my homework um so f- finding the, the torpedo on the planet which, I'm jumping ahead, but in the in the novelization, uh, when they find it on the planet, uh, Savik is just as surprised as everybody else. Right. Even though, um, at the time of Spock's funeral, she sent his body to intersect the Genesis wave, to disintegrate into its sub-elementary particles and be incorporated into the very fabric of the new world. This seemed to Savik an elegant solution one Spock would have approved. Hmm. So... so- so Kirk wanted it to burn up in the atmosphere. She right. instead decided to have it intersect the genesis wave uh, and break them all up and just have him like probably like I guess the equivalent of
1: scattering ashes, but Is that is that tomato tomato? I mean is that like you know Kirk says, you know, basically, you know, burn him up and she's like I want him to become one with the particles. Like to me that's yeah, we're splitting hairs there. Like that's <laughs> like she's more of the I don't want to say metaphysical, but more of the theological implications behind, her, you know, the, the joining of his particles with the Genesis particles, you know, um, becoming one with the planet.
0: Sure. It's almost a more romantic notion.
1: Yes. I guess, yes. yeah.
0: Right? Um, I, 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 I'm still stuck on Kirk saying, burn him up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have that scene in the movie. Burn that
1: bastard! I can almost hear McCoy burn that pointy-eared bastard up. Caught me nothing but grief. <laughs> you green-blooded inhuman, burn him!
0: <laughs> oh dear. So in this minute, still a lot of rehash, right? Or, or it's really wrapping up the wrapping up the recap. Yep. Uh, it, but we do get um, Spock's voice. We do, um, and we get the uh, the closing moments of. Star Trek Two with Spock narrating the Space, the Final Frontier, Mm. and now he's opening Star Trek Three, doing the same thing. My question for you, sir, is it the same recording? Or did he do it? You know,
1: we were sort of joking offline, and I don't feel like it's the same voiceover. It probably is, and I probably need to go back and, and listen to it again. But when I first was reviewing The Minute and listening to it, it literally sounded like someone talking on a phone like leaving a voicemail like old and i'm talking like 1984 like on a tape recording
0: like voicemail kind of thing yeah it's not it's it, the the one the the record the, the record i keep saying recording but the the narration in, at the end of star trek 2 was very i don't know it sounds like it's coming from beyond right it's kind of yeah. it's got that kind of echoey and and there's a there is there's a moment at the, when, at the very end where he said, you know, where no man has gone before, you know, yes. he says it like
1: that. Yeah.
0: Um, he doesn't do that here. it He just kind of says, <laughs> like he said, phoning it in, just says before.
1: Yeah. And, and I know I'm, it, you know, being funny, but I mean, it that's what I felt like. I almost just felt like it was on a telephone. Like it just sounded weird. And I don't know if that's like the, that's what they did in the audio the way they did it or it just sounded off.
0: Yeah, I wonder why they chose to re-record it. Like why not just use the mm. audio from I mean again, the the time frame between the two films is 2 years. Yeah. Um so it's not like, you know, everyone had aged dramatically and yeah, um, they could have just I don't know. It's it's I never noticed it before to be honest with you. But I it's uh but when you're looking at it a minute at a time, I definitely had my ear to it like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. different. It, would it could funny just be if you heard just a little bit of the answer meme, machine beep. Yeah, beep.
1: Hey Leonard, we need you to uh, record this. Just uh, leave it on my voicemail. Obviously, it's not horrible. a thing. Not a thing, in, not a thing in 1984. But or maybe it is. I don't. I <laughs> don't remember.
0: I, don't remember. A I was time. a kid. Yeah, you were a kid. That's right. We were just kids. We were just kids. I don't remember. No, we didn't. Ha- we didn't have. Oh God, I, the old man LaSalle just spoke up. Right? No, we didn't have answer machines. Just a phone. Just a phone. But it was. A di- it was a touch touch dial, Touch tone. What the hell? What are those called? What are the buttons called? Yeah, touch tone. Touch tone. No, it wasn't a rotary. It wasn't a rotary. It was. Although I think tone, we so. did have a rotary. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Now we're really digressing. <laughs> but... Uh, so we get Spock doing the space final frontier, yep. uh, and then we get our the uh, here come the credits. So Paramount Pictures presents uh, in my favorite Star Trek font. Um, I do love that. Yep. And right out of the right out of the gate, it's a Harv Bennett production. Harv Bennett production. So I think we I I feel like I want to talk about Harv Bennett a lot in this season of the show. Um, he's he seems to be, seems to be all he's over the, all over this movie more than even though he was involved in, in Rathacon, was, Right. Yeah. He was, he seemed to be much more involved in this one. Um, and his name just keeps coming up and up and up and all the research I've done. And, uh, um, uh, we're going to talk about, um, his original script slash treatment for the mm-hmm. film, which was, you know, had a very different plot than, uh, when it ended up on film. Um, obviously we've already talked about the, uh, and McIntyre's, um, novelization which is based on his script and so there's there's all, there's there's a lot there was a lot put in place that did not end up on screen um, yeah so we'll, we'll talk more and more about that as we go along and then uh, James Horner's score right we haven't talked about James yet um, no and I know um, we both
1: thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the score from Ratha Khan. And there were, uh, I think, changes made in this one that, um, you know, were good.
0: Some not so yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, I'll I'll put the Wrath soundtrack on in the background. You know, just I'll listen to that. And um, but this one, this one has its moments for sure. Right. There's, some, there's some awesome new sequences in this film. Um, and he, you know, he's playing around with with, with some of the things he did in Wrath of uh, But it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. Stick with me as much, and I suspect it's partly because of my emotional connection to the film is is True. different than yeah. Star Trek II. Um But uh, but I but I'm going to give it to you here. In this minute, we get it. We get the full. You know, we start to get the 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 score starts winding up. Right, we're getting we're getting out to we're just about to get to you know the title credit, um, and his music is just winding us up. And so I'm I'm getting jazz listening to it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the novelization. Uh, okay again not a lot going on in this minute uh so this would be a good time take a break and let's talk about what could have been um so when last we left the novel uh Savick had asked David to come back to her cabin mm-hmm. um, and yeah wow. mm-hmm. it, it, yep and uh, and so uh in this uh scene uh David and Savick have an awkward moment because they bump into Kirk on their way <laughs> oh god so <laughs> he got he got rebuffed by carol so now he's kind of wandering the hallways, like now what am i gonna do doesn't want to go back to the wake uh and then he bumps into david and Savick. and like oh hey kids <laughs> that kind of moment. what are y'all doing <laughs> it's it, it's almost exactly like that it, it, exactly is how you can imagine it is really how it played out um so they have an awkward, awkward moment. David makes up some excuse like, oh, we're going to go check out, you know, some readings on the bridge. And Savick looks at him like we were, <laughs> you know, like just a classic, you know, sitcom moment. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Kirk gives him a knowing look and, you know, moves on. And then, yeah, they get to, uh, it's not graphic, but David and Savick have relations. Together. They get together. Um, so they are, they are a couple in this novel, uh, which is, you know, they've, it's all been hinted at right. before, mm-hmm. uh, but this is, this is in your face as it were, uh, uh-huh. and, uh, and they do, they do hook up. So, wow. Um, we get, uh, we get Kirk being, uh, uh, reflective and just, you know, uh, looking out the window at the stars and just, you know wondering what happens next and mourning his friend. That's all kind of fleshed out a bit. Um, uh, he has to end up breaking up the wake because everyone's drunk and not in a good way. That's all yep. bad drunks. Yep. Um, there's a, uh, and just to make it, you know, to highlight bad drunk, Scotty is singing Danny boy. Oh, wow. so it's, it's, it's devolved into that kind of level of drunk and, you know, th- just talking about, you know, the way these, the characters are all kind of fleshed out more in the, in the, in the, in the novel. Um, <clears throat> there's actually a really good scene with nurse chapel. Um, or actually, is she a doctor now or is she still a nurse? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but well, we know chapel. Let's just say nurse chapel. Yep. Um, uh, Kirk brings McCoy to sick bay cause he's pretty drunk and he's acting strange. Right. Cause we know why he McCoy, um, as She's kind of taking care of him. McCoy looks up there, looks up at her or something, and uh, he tells her that uh, Vulcans do not love. Oh. And that's a, I think, a callback to the series because Chapel had a thing for Spock in the yeah. series, and I think he actually said that same phrase to her. And it was kind of a you know, it was a big deal for her, it kind of broke her heart because right. you know, it was obvious that it was never going to happen, and so they kind of call back to that moment here, and he's you know. McCoy says it to her, obviously, you know, under the influence, as it were, um, it, and she gets pretty pissed off at him, understandably. Um, and again, it's just, I think it's a, just a really nice touch. It's a small, it's a small scene, but I think they could have done these things in the film. And even though it doesn't really connect to anything later on, it's still kind of showing the, um, how everybody's dealing with the death of Spock. Right.
1: Well, I can only imagine the grief, the goings, you know, the thoughts going through the head and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I can, you know, yeah. I mean,
0: how long? Yeah. We're only, when you look at the end of the, the, the end of star Trek two, you know, they end up on the bridge. Right. And Kirk says he feels young, right? He has, it, right. you know, the, the grief is all but kind of pushed into the background. Um, it's not there. Yeah. And so, I think Von McIntyre does a great job of just exploring it, right? With all with all the you know, all the secondary characters, um, and uh, I don't know, just it adds stuff. I, I, again, these are things I would have liked to have seen in the film. There's yeah. more. There's more in the novel. I'm just highlighting some of the stuff. Like, ooh, that would have right. been cool to explore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it always. You know, whenever I've read a book prior to a movie, I always. You know, I'm a little sad when I see the movie because I'm like, oh, you could have included this or you, oh, I wish you could have included that. Like I, I sometimes, you know, feel like the novelization is in some cases, not all, in some cases is superior to the movie because I feel like they can flesh out feelings. They can flesh out, you know, little, little tiny moments like seeing your son and your navigation person (laughs) heading off to their bedroom, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Although I feel like that would have been a great scene in the movie.
0: Yeah, it would fit because it would have been—you know—they could have played it off humorously, right? Right. Um, uh, yeah, that's one thing. I, would, I, yeah, it's too bad they don't explore it, and 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 I will, I will come back to it because uh, there is a relationship that develops there, and it does play out. It, you know, it does carry forward into all the. They do have a lot of scenes together in the film, and those scenes, you know, there's another level of depth to all of those scenes. Because they're a couple, um, but we'll talk about that more as we as we get into the get into the film as the minutes go by.
1: I'm very much looking forward to it. Yes.
0: So uh, that was all I had for minute number three.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's much to t- <laughs> much to really talk about in this minute. I mean, uh, it's the planet. It's the beginning of the credits, and we're sort of we're sort of there. I think the next few minutes is just
0: going to be. A little bit of the same, so just some some more credits. And we'll, it's okay. Yeah, it's part of the it's part of the gig, man. We got to get through the credits. Got to get through the credits. Get yeah. to the good stuff. All right, then. Well, why don't we uh, wrap things up? Um, we'll come back on Monday mm. uh, with a with a, another set of minutes. Um, so, folks, we're gonna ask, we're gonna um, ask for your help this season um, for. We usually ask for people to go out and uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes, and, um, and we're going to uh, be setting a goal for ourselves and, and need your help. Uh, we would love to get to 50 ratings and reviews this season, um, and need your help doing that. Love if you haven't gone out already uh, and left a review or left a rating. Uh, uh, we'd love for you to do so. Um, yep. When we were last season, we were the Wrath of Con minute. Um, if you search for Wrath of Con in your favorite podcatcher app. Um, we were pretty high up in the rankings. Uh, you could find us pretty easily. Um, now that we are Star Trek Minute, we are one of many Star Trek are out there. And um, uh, I listen to a few myself. Um, so it's kind of fun to see us show up uh, alongside them. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing us much higher up in the, ra- <laughs> in, yeah. the in the search results and in the rankings. And uh, that's where you guys all come in. So, um, uh, So why don't you please... Head out to iTunes, give us a review, give us a rating. We appreciate it. Um, And we are going to be back again on Monday with minute number four of Star Trek III, The Searcher Spock, here at Star Trek Minute. Bye, guys. Bye now.